Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honour your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. Fathers, or parents, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. Well, that's our passage for this morning. And uh, we're returning to Ephesians. And the last time we were in Ephesians, we actually slowed down and we had a look at marriage because uh, Paul is in the middle of talking uh, to households, to the church community. And uh, he was talking about marriage and now he's moving and starting to talk about families in general, the relationship between children and parents, parents and children. And uh, we spent uh, two weeks looking at marriage because it's really important. And uh, as late as last night... We are now going to be spending two weeks looking at parenting uh, because it was only a two-point sermon, uh, but I realised it was going to take about 50 minutes, or no, it was going to take about 40 minutes, and I was only, and I'd only just finished the first point. So that's what we're going to do this morning. Uh, we're going to look this morning, uh, particularly focusing on children, so the first three verses, and then next week we'll unpack a little bit more of what it means to not exasperate our children as parents, okay? So that's where we're at with it. Um, and some of us might say, oh, you know, if I'd known this, I would have kept the kids in out of, um, out of kids' ministry up there, you know, because they're the ones that need to hear this, right? Obey your parents, do as you're told, sort of thing. Well, as we'll see, that's not what it says at all. And, um, and I think it's probably not a bad thing that our kids, uh, for this time, are in their ministry because all of us are children, right? All of us have parents. And so that's what we're going to be looking at today, how we relate to parents, not only as young children but also um, as adults. You see, right throughout the letter uh, to the Ephesians, uh, we, we get this sense that there's this inescapable um, transformation that takes place once we've understood and submitted ourselves to and embraced fully the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we're going to focus this morning on, um, on how this gospel changes us in the area of relating to parents, in the area of relating to parents. Next week we'll see how the gospel changes us in the way we as parents relate to our children. Um, I want to make sure that, uh, that this, uh, this morning and next Sunday that we do our best to try and listen to this, not so much as a whole lot of tips for living, good tips for living, and I've said this also when we looked at marriage, because that's not actually what Paul does. I mean, you saw how short that reading was, four verses, and he's, he thinks he's dealt with the whole issue of children relating to parents and parents relating to children. So it's really important for us to get a sense of um, what it is Paul's writing about and to understand the, the principles that we can apply, particularly as Christian people, as followers of Jesus and the difference that that makes in our households. Now, maybe this morning you're someone and I've certainly been tempted at times uh, to do this, where you all but have given up trying to get it right when it comes to our relationships in our families. Because they're really difficult, aren't they? Whether you're a parent writing to your kids or whether you're uh, a young kid or whether you're an, an adult child, as many of us here, relating to our adult parents. Um, but we need to be reminded that um, following Jesus is not only just about seeing what he's done for us in terms of our personal salvation, it's actually making sure we never forget he's also our redeemer. He's the one that can redeem 
all things in this life. In fact, he's in the process of redeeming uh, um, all of creation, all, all, all of this entire world towards the new creation that will one day be here once and for all. And so why wouldn't he be able to change and transform and redeem our family relationships? It's a bit like this. We go, yeah, sure, Jesus can transform the world. Absolutely, he can redeem the world. Mission and following Jesus is all about getting out there and transforming the world, all those other people. And then we think, but there's no way he can do it in our household. I mean, you know, it's just so hard. That's how we sometimes feel. Well, the call of Christ is to follow him and uh, it means more than just uh, the big picture. It also means in all areas of our lives, in our personal lives. And this can be a real challenge. It's not easy, is it? And I stand here before you this morning and acknowledge, as I often do, but particularly in this area, um, it really is a challenge. I know full well how hard it is relating to, to children and realising that your children are relating to you and the examples that we set and the things that we say, and then on top of that, the words that we hear come back to us, you know? Words that were spoken to us when we were young, you think, I was going to do it differently, you know? And here I am, I'm repeating history again, and that, that messy kind of challenge that can leave us to despair. Well, I want to reassure us right at the start that Jesus is here to help us, and that's what he promises to do. He's here to help us, his spirit is at work in us, and he, he, he absolutely longs to transform all areas of our lives, including our households and our families. Well, this passage gives us, like I said, two insights, one for children, one for parents, and this morning we're going to look uh, at what it means to be children. And the first point and only point is this, that Christian children love God by honouring their parents. Just to recap, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right, uh, honour your father and mother, this is the first commandment with a promise that it may go well with you and that you may live long and in the land. Well, what does this mean? Well, the key word there is uh, of the word to obey. The key word here is about obedience, not a very uh, popular word. In fact, already that may have put up a few heckles in some of us uh, on our necks and, and wherever, um, thinking obedience, obey, yeah, yeah, I remember being told that. I'm constantly being told that. Um, but let's have a look. What does obey actually mean? Well, obey actually means to both hear or listen and hear and then to respond to what it is that's being heard. That's what to obey means. And the idea is actually, quite literally, someone hearing a knock at the door and going to listen to the one who knocks. So it re requires action, it requires movement, it's both hearing and doing. But obedience is not easy. In fact, it interrupts our regular scheduled lives. Uh, it interrupts our own desires, it interrupts our own attempts to live autonomously, it interrupts our own sense of um, personal authority over our lives. It means having to do something different, it interrupts, um, and often it's having to do something different that we don't want to do, that someone has asked us to do. And so when Paul uses that word uh, to, to children, he's talking to young children and he's talking specifically to them in terms of how they live in their parents' home and in their parents' care. So this first point is something um, that all of us here might readily agree with. Go, absolutely. Gee, I wish my kids were here, you know, to hear this. Uh, you know, you see, see, hear that? Um, the Bible says it. You've got to do it. You have to obey your parents. Uh, it'll do well for you. But there's more here than just a directive for blind obedience. 
God actually isn't asking children to obey just because I said so. I don't know about you, but how many others were raised that way? Um, you know, you'd ask why. <laughs> some, some hands went up really <laughs> really fun. Uh, we're raised that way, you know, and, and, and how many of us really struggle as parents now being raised that way and not liking it, and yet you find yourself going, not, because I said so, that's it, you know, I, I've done it so many times. I've only got one child listening here this morning, which is good. The other, the other two aren't here. Um, and and, and God, God's not actually saying it. Look at the phrase at the end of verse 1, and this is a really important one. It says, children, obey your parents in the Lord. Children, obey your parents in the Lord. What does that mean, to obey your parents in the Lord? Well, it means the obedience that children show their parents. Um, It's in a Christian context, for starters, but it means that their obedience, it's also demonstrating their obedience or an opportunity to demonstrate their obedience to the Lord as well, to their heavenly Father. So when the kids seek to obey because it's God's command... Obviously, they seek to follow God. So it's, it's not as simple as just doing what you're told because your parents told you to do it. That's what it means to be obeying your parents in the Lord. There's a presumption here, and he's speaking to Christian households, to Christian families. He's speaking to parents who are themselves seeking to be in the Lord and to follow the Lord, which is the tough part for next week, which we'll look at. So this means Christian children obey their parents because in doing so, they're obeying God, their true heavenly Father, which is really amazing. You see, God gives every Christian child in every home a way to live out their Christian life right from the start. Uh, They can go do it right now. They don't have to, to wait to grow up to suddenly be someone who lives out their Christian life. You know, we often think that, oh, one day we've got to pray for the next generation, that one day they will. No, the next generation are here and they can do it right now and and they get to do it by responding in obedience to their parents who ideally are responding uh, to obedience themselves in the Lord but following Jesus is never easy whether you're an adult or a child and yet ultimately it truly is the most rewarding way to live so it is important to note here that Paul is speaking uh, to a Christian family So these verses don't tell us to answer commands that parents might uh, be giving to us that are contrary to the ways and the teachings of Jesus and for what pleases him. So in a Christian family, God's mission for children is to trust. His mission for children is to obey their parents because it's a reflection of trust and obedience to God. Paul then goes on to say that obedience is right. He says, children, obey your parents in the Lord for this is right. Well, why is it right? Have you noticed this? No matter where you go, no matter what culture, no matter what religion, no matter what society, you'll always find that this idea of parents obeying children is pretty universal. I mean, sure, there's different scales of it, um, and we can go to other cultures and go, what in the world? You know, but there's still this universal thing, right, that children are to obey parents, and parents expect their children um, to obey them. But it's actually, Paul's saying here, that it's right for a Christian in a really different way. It's right for a Christian because it's connected to an Old Testament command. Honour your mother and father. 
This is, of course, from the Ten Commandments. It's the fifth commandment. Uh, it's from Exodus 20, verse 12, and Deuteronomy 5, verse 16. Honour your father and mother. And you notice the little uh, quotation marks there, or the little break uh, that he puts there. I'll put it in brackets there and highlight it. Honour your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise. Well, why does Paul put that bit of commentary in there? He's pointing out that this is the first commandment to include a promise in and of itself, a promise which is tied to a single commandment and not to a universal statement. And that promise is what? Verse 3, that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. Now, this is really important because some of us, if we're smart, will already go, well, I know some kids who have done this and yet they haven't actually lived, they might not have even actually lived long. You know, something may have happened to them. You know, you hear of a child dying way too early and, you, and, and the family just go, just a beautiful child. I don't know why God would allow that to happen. Just why? Did everything just say compliant? So what's going on here? Well, it's really important for us to understand what this promise doesn't mean. It doesn't mean that honouring your parents is a way to earn long life. It doesn't mean that these are rewards that God gives us. And we often forget this about God's promises. Um, you know, as if it's a promise just from God to do something right and you'll get some sort of reward if you succeed. You see, that's not how honour works. Honour can't be given in view of a reward, otherwise it's no longer honour. It becomes something else altogether. You know what it's called? If it can be earned, right, it's called flattery. Think about it. Think about... Um, us as parents here this morning, you, you know this already. What happens when uh, Junior comes running up, it's happened to me several times, and uh, all of a sudden out of the blue, they're just in your face, just lavishing on, you dad, you're the most amazing dad I've ever, you know, you're just an amazing dad, you're just so good, you're, 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 you're awesome, you're the best dad a, a son or a daughter could ever want. You know, when that happens right, you get suspicious, okay? <laughs> you get suspicious now, on one level, you can pause there and go, well, they're honouring you, there's honour. No, it's not. It's flattery. And you know what's coming next, don't you? The first thing you're thinking is, okay, so what have you done? What's broken? What, do I now, what am I now up for? How much money is this going to cost the family? Um, or what do you want? What is it you want? Or where do you want to go? What, what, what party's on? Or what, I don't know, what, whatever it is. You see, these questions keep running through your head because you know uh, that it's not about honour, it's actually about flattery. Flattery is where uh, you and I say or do something uh, to a person in order to get something for you, for yourself, which is far from honour. Honour is uh, respecting another person because of who they are, not because of what they can do for you or what they can give you. Honour concerns other people, whereas flattery is all about, ultimately, yourself. It's a means to an end. So if obedience is a way of honouring your parents when you're young, say, for example, uh, a rather extreme example, say your parents tell you, they say, you know, do not run out onto the road because it will not end well for you and you will not live long in the land, okay? And, of course, a child runs out to the street, they disobey, they get hit by a car. Uh, well, obviously, you're not going to have a long life. Um, but what about something less dramatic? What about just a general attitude of defiance? What about just a general attitude of disobedience towards parents? Think about this. Will life go well for you? Think about it anecdotally. Think about it in your own life. Think about it in the lives of others. It doesn't, does it? 
If we're honest, it never usually goes well. If you, if you reject the discipline and instruction of your parents who, for the most part, even the bad ones, still care for you at some level and they give you instructions for your own protection, for your own sake, it's because it's a way of... They make sound like they're not caring for you, but it actually comes from a heart that, that's caring for you and wants the best for you. But if you reject that discipline over a lifetime, if you reject that instruction, if you're that sort of child, and, and, and many of us by our sinful natures are and will be to worse extents than perhaps others, you actually won't have a good long life. You just won't. And that's not because your parents are geniuses with all the right answers and you should have listened to them. It's not about them being right and uh, you knowing better. Um, it's because your obedience to your parents is actually a training ground for the rest of your lives. It's a training ground to practice um, obedience in general and ultimately to practice obedience to Christ when you realise and accept him fully as your Lord and Saviour. And if you can't obey Christ, you're certainly not going to have the best life that God has called for us. Because you're living then in your own wisdom. You're living in your wisdom, which we know time and time again from experience, from the scriptures, we see it over that it's absolutely inferior to God's wisdom. God knows best. He created us. He created us in his image. And therefore, we need to obey who he's given us in Jesus Christ for life to go well for us. Um, you know, take it beyond just our own personal experiences and anecdotes. Think about the nation of Israel, God's people from the Old Testament. Just think about all the stories in the Old Testament. Look at how they were commanded to obey God. He gave them his laws and they were commanded to obey God as evidence of their belonging to him, of the relationship. You know, if ever there was a, a, a really good, perfect, heavenly father a God that loves his children. It's the relationship between God and Israel that he called. And yet, what's the Old Testament full of? Stories over and over again of them failing and letting down their God. Um, if they obeyed his commands, they would prosper. If they didn't, they would not prosper. He spelt it out to them a number of times. And time and time again, we see this vicious cycle working out after generation after generation in their history where they would obey and enjoy God's blessings and then they'd soon forget... They'd start doing things in their own way. They start adopting all the gods and the different things from the world around them. And they start blending things and they forget and they end up in all sorts of trouble. They get defeated by their enemies. Uh, ultimately, they get put into slavery for 400 years. Um, all these things happen to them that were never part of God's uh, promised plan and goodness that he assured them of. And you remember they would repent. They'd say, sorry, God would raise up a leader uh, for a particular time and call them back to the law, and they might do well for a generation, maybe two, before it all happens again. The new generation forgets. And this pattern went on for centuries. In fact, it's the pattern that eventually gave us the New Testament, because that's when Jesus finally came. And, and he's often seen as and declared as the perfect Israel, the perfect obedient son, child, the one who carried out the will of his heavenly Father. He came and completely fulfilled God's laws, and he did so to liberate not only God's people, but also all people from our rebellion and disobedience. So children, obey your parents, a commandment of God with a promise now fulfilled in Christ. And do so that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. Well, what about us as adults? 
What might honouring our father and mother look like as adult children? You see, honouring our parents will take on a, a new meaning and will look different to childlike obedience, and rightly so, so it should as we grow into adulthood ourselves. And the reality is, um, some parents, and perhaps if we're honest, we're thinking all of us to some extent, but some parents aren't very honourable. They're really, really dysfunctional. Just remember, Paul is speaking here uh, to a Christian family in Ephesians 6, but um, if you were raised by non-Christians or those that weren't in a Christian family, or perhaps um, you've got parents who, who claims, claim Christ or some sort of religious experience with him or some sort of religious commitment to him even, but they never actually lived like Christ. They, you just knew growing up that there's this disparity um, and, and beyond just the typical hypocrisy that we all exude. I mean, in a way where as you become an adult, you think, you know what, they just didn't know Christ. They, they said they did, but they didn't. Well, that's really hard to honour parents like that, adult to adult. That's really hard. But I want to say this because being a Christian is hard. God doesn't put a qualifier on the parents. Have a look at what he says in his passage, even applying it to us as adult children. He doesn't say, honour your father and mother only if they're good Christians. What's he say? Just honour your father and mother. The onus here is on the children to honour their parents in the Lord. And that doesn't stop when we become adults. It's different and it changes, but it doesn't stop. And that means for us as adult children, this is where the gospel really comes into play. This is where everything that we've been given in Christ, really, it's like the, the, pointy, the, the, the pointy end of the stick, which is a nice stick, uh, the, 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 the pointy end of the thing. It's where I'm, I'm avoiding a cliche that I'm really well known for, and I've managed to avoid it for eight and a half years here. It's where the rubber hits the road, okay? That's what I'm trying to avoid saying. Um, but this is where the gospel comes into play. You see, Jesus totally changes our relationships. Even if he doesn't change the warmth, that sense of nice paternal feelings that we can have when you look at others who have this beautiful relationship with their, with their adult parents and you think, wow, I don't think I can ever have that. He may not change that necessarily, but he does very much change us. And so we respond differently to the patterns of this world, to the patterns of our sinful natures in Christ now, as those impacted and transformed and living in submission with and to the gospel. You see, when God calls us to honour our parents, he of course knows that some parents are going to be really hard to do so. This is not beyond him, it's not something he hasn't thought about. He knows that they're going to be very hard to love. He knows some of these parents are going to be um, really hard to even admire and, and respect. Their behaviour, the way they've treated you or siblings over many years, it's been dysfunctional. They've got their own issues they haven't resolved and they've dragged them into their lives and um, it may have left you feeling empty, but it may have even done uh, damage. But you know what? As a Christian person, we can still honour our parents, even if it's really hard to love them or admire them or respect them. And we can do that because of this. Think of this. If God commanded it, even to the church here in Ephesians as Christians, he will provide a way for it to happen. He'll provide a way for us to be able to obey it. And you know what? I've seen this, not always and not often, but I've seen it. I've seen people who have made that switch and they've applied the gospel in this relationship and they've decided to stop waiting around for their parents to change or to stop trying to change their parents and they've decided to honour them instead. Honour them even though they may not be in the Lord 
or they've done all sorts of things. And in time, I have seen feelings of love, perhaps even admiration, and even respect start to, start to, to flow and start to be experienced in time. It takes time. And for many of us in that situation, the reason we don't feel as we ought to towards our parents, and this is another, this is the pointy end of a stick, um, isn't necessarily perhaps that our parents are actually any worse than us. But maybe it's because we haven't let Jesus into that area of our life. Maybe we're still adult children living like rebellious, naughty children. We haven't grown up from two or three or whatever it is, or 15 or 14 or whatever rebellious stage of life we went through. And maybe we're still holding our parents to an account that we ourselves wouldn't dare want to be held to. And I think you might know, if that's you, and it can be all of us at different stages, I just declare it again, the gospel is powerful enough to transform relationships and it begins with us. Maybe we need to humble ourselves and let Jesus into that area in our lives. Well, how do we honour our parents now as adults? Well, just three quick suggestions in light of the transforming power of the gospel. The first one is this. Just begin in your mind by treating your parents with value and, and, and the weight that they deserve just for being parents. You can't treat them as if they don't matter. You, you just can't go, that's not sustainable. You can't go through life like that. You're not only hurting them, but you're also hurting yourself. They do matter despite their failures and flaws. Recognise them as significant and, and try telling them that sometime. Even though, I know in really extreme examples, it's the hardest thing to speak from the heart and you know you're going to get hurt again. But try and tell them that sometime. Tell them that they matter. Uh, it may not be words, it may be in, in more subtle, nuanced ways as adults. In something that you do for them or, or give to them. Or something that you even, uh, we'll lead into the next point. But um, tell them that they matter to God, for example. Tell them that they matter to God and therefore because they matter to God, they matter to you. And when something good happens uh, for children, most parents, you know what, they do actually fill with a sense of pride and joy. Often dysfunctional parents, it's they just don't know how to express that. It's still pride and joy, but it comes out in all sorts of horrible ways. But hold on to that. Let your parents enjoy those things. Let your parents enjoy you and who you've become. And, and you know, and I do get this, sometimes you can think, oh, but if I do that, I'm, I'm letting them know that they're okay. I'm affirming all the bad stuff they've done to me or the way they've let me down. And I'm never going to give them that. I'm never going to give them that. I, I can't. Try it. Try treating your parents with value. Be the, be the, the, bigger, the, the, the bigger adult, the stronger adult in Christ with the power of the gospel. That's the first thing. Treat your parents with proper value and the weight that they deserve. Secondly, how about forgiving them for the wrong that they've done and the way they've failed you? You see, this isn't easy, but Jesus doesn't call us to easy. And think back to how much you've been forgiven for. We've been described as dead men and women walking, lost in our sins, cut off from God, enemies of God, objects of his wrath. How hard is that to forgive? God's forgiven you. And this is what the work of redemption can now do in our lives and in our relationships. When we hold on to bitterness and resentment towards a parent who has let us down, and we're not honouring them, well, it's not honouring them, and it's certainly not honouring God. And Jesus wants us to be free from that. He wants us to be free from that. Maybe today is as good a day as any to begin that process, at least in mental ascent, the heart will follow, 
then I'm going to forgive my parents. I'm going to put a line under all they've done and what I think they've done, rightly or wrongly, perceived or real, and I'm just going to forgive them. Thirdly, and this is a good one for us all, free ourselves and free our parents from our need for their approval. What do I mean by that? Well, how many of us go through life never feeling validated in this world? No matter, uh, no matter how successful we are in all other areas, we, are comp- we, we have this niggling, gnawing splinter in our hearts and our minds that says, it doesn't matter what I've achieved, I'm not validated until I have my parents' full approval. And, and we can, I've seen adults well into their 70s and 80s still living like this. And it's not healthy. How many of us, perhaps even as I said earlier, withhold honour towards our parents because we're waiting for some standard of approval that we've been looking for? And we want to see that first. You see, we're actually free in Christ, in the gospel, to let go of their approval, our need for their approval. Because all the approval that we long for, we've now found in Christ, right? We shouldn't be looking at another human being for our validation and our sense of approval in any case. Um, you may remember many times in the life of, of Jesus. Do you remember when God the Father broke through the clouds and a voice could be heard? It happens at several times. In fact, the scriptures from start to finish refer to this, well done, uh, my good and faithful servant, some 69 times. And Jesus says that, uh, God says that to his son Jesus. He says, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Do you remember that? You know what the gospel says? The gospel says that we've been fully adopted into God's, family. That's what he says in those first three chapters of Ephesians. And we've been adopted into his family by our faith in Jesus. And that means that those words that God the Father speaks to Jesus, his son, which people heard audibly, are the same words that God speaks about us in Jesus. We've got to hold on to that. Do you see how freeing that is? How liberating that can be? Those same words, God says, this is my beloved son, this is my beloved child in whom I'm well pleased. And because of our faith in Christ, what it means to be fully in Christ, is that that is now imparted to us. One pastor put it this way, you'll never honour your parents until you see how completely you're approved in Christ. You'll never forgive them until you see your forgiveness in Christ. And you'll never honour them until you see the value and weight that God has placed on them for your good. I want to say this morning, this can be really hard, and I know uh, it's, it, anything with these sorts of relationships hits a spot um, in our hearts and in our lives, and um, maybe that's done something for you today, and I just want to encourage you, church, to, to lay claim to that transforming power of the gospel in your lives. And, and to share that with someone in, in your life group, one of the elders, um, pastors, uh, if you need to, but uh, I really want us to, to begin to see our responsibility uh, as adult children in how we respond to our parents. I know for some of us this is really easy. You think, oh, my parents are just delightful. I'm so thankful. Or maybe you've already done this years ago and you're thinking, yeah, I remember when I was like that. And, and I have done those sorts of things and I've put them in place. And I look back now and I go, wow, my relationship with my parents has been transformed. They haven't necessarily changed, um, but I've changed in the way I relate to them. Well, that's a really encouraging thing. Guys, let's stand. Let me encourage you to stand. I want to pray for us uh, and pray into our lives in light of this message this morning from Ephesians 
6. And if you don't want to stand, that's fine too. Uh, you're free not to, but... Let us pray. Let's come before our Heavenly Father. We thank you, Heavenly Father, that you are our perfect parent in every way. And that in you, through Jesus Christ, we are fully and utterly validated, not because of us, but because of Christ who lives in us. Father, I want to pray today that you would help us as uh, children of parents, no matter how old we might be and whether they're here or not. We want to acknowledge that they are gifts that you've given us in life. And Father, we ask that you would help us to practice honour and respect and love for them. Help us to see that that in part is connected to how we honour, respect and love you as our Heavenly Father. For those of us who've had parents that have failed us and wronged us, we ask, Holy Spirit, that you would do a transforming work, not only in their lives, but first and foremost in our lives. We ask that the, the power of the gospel will enable us to forgive, to honour, and even one day, maybe even gain a sense of love and renewed respect for them. Father, we acknowledge that um, this is utterly humanly impossible in our own strength. But in Jesus Christ, we are reminded and we know ourselves how much we've been forgiven, how much we've failed and wronged you and others in our own lives. Father, we are aware of the immeasurable cost it was to you to forgive us even while we were your enemies. And so help us now as we are indeed free to do the same to others. May Christ's love begin to transform our relationships as parents and as children. And we look forward to hearing more next Sunday from your word as we challenge ourselves in the difficult task of parenting. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.